Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative business consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business, Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. You're probably familiar with the term art versus commerce. It's one of the concepts that we take for granted as opposites, good versus evil, communism versus capitalism, left versus right. The problem with lumping art versus commerce into this list is that if you're an artist, you're required to find a place where art and commerce meet, or you're not going to pay the rent or keep the lights on. My two guests on Out to Lunch today are artists who have found unique and different ways to make a living from their art. Dirk Guidry is the visual artist's definition of a split personality. On one hand, Dirk is an abstract painting. His paintings are swirls of colour blending onto the canvas with movement and emotion, but without much obvious representation of anything recognisable. On the other hand, Dirk is a wedding painter. He goes to a wedding and paints the reception live. On the spot, the bride and groom leave with a painting of their wedding, complete with recognisable representations of their guests. Dirk Guidry, welcome to Out to Lunch. <laughs> Good morning, thanks for having me. Hunter DeBlanc is a musician. Hunter has been a singer-songwriter and a professional musician for years, playing in various bands. But Hunter dates January 2017 as the beginning of his current career. He's pushed to become a solo artist. Because of an interesting musical journey that saw him land in Australia as a cocktail piano player on a cruise ship, Hunter is better known and has more records played on the radio in Sydney, Australia than in Lafayette, Louisiana, where he lives. Being internationally famous is not altogether a bad thing, but being a star in Sydney and living in Lafayette has its challenges. Hunter, welcome to Out to Lunch. Good morning, good morning, thanks for having me. Dirk, being an abstract painter is a bit like being a comedian or a jazz musician. You have to master basics before you can improvise. So I'm not surprised that even though you're an abstract painter, you can paint a portrait of a person. But these paintings you do at weddings are like a whole different thing altogether. There can be like 50 or more people in them. They're incredibly lifelike and they capture the unique spirit of every occasion. But what sets them apart from everything we've come to think of as how an artist create art is that they're done in real time as the wedding reception actually happens. You can't wake up feeling bad and decide not to paint today. You can't hang out in your pyjamas all day drinking coffee working on a painting. Painting a live wedding is no other way to say it. It's like having a job. You've been doing it for a while now. You've done over a hundred weddings. Do you paint weddings to fund your abstract art habit or are they two separate strands of your business that are each rewarding in their own ways? Yes, they're they definitely different. Um, but I consider them different branches of my business because um, for me, the abstract paintings, again, that's what I went to school for. That's what I fell in love with. Um, I love doing those more than anything. So you um, went to school intending on being an abstract painting artist? I, tell you the truth, I actually went to school to be a computer uh, animator. Of course. <laughs> at first. 
And, uh, you know, you, you do all your basic classes and you kind of get uh, used to the techniques and uh, all the training that you go through, uh, which UL was great uh, in that component. Um, but I got to the animation classes and um, I really did not like it. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't want it to move. <laughs> it, was, it was so um, just, you know, structured and all about the end product compared to I, I was taking painting classes at the time and I fell in love, deeply in love with the process of painting and that physicality um, with the paint just kind of flowing and everything like that. So uh, it wasn't until I took, you know, I took a two-year break because I, I didn't know what I wanted to do anymore. Went back to school, finished in painting, you know, stretching eight-foot canvases and just really letting it out on the canvas with the abstract pieces. But I was technically trained and, you know, I was always good at, uh, at art ever ever since I was little, uh, portraiture work, anything like that. Uh, I was put in the Talented and Gifted program back in my school district. And I, um, so I was always good at that, but I fell in love with the abstract component of it, even though I could still do portraiture work and figure drawing, landscape, all that stuff. Um, which, it's funny uh, to talk about now because to me, the abstract work is so much more difficult and I put so much more pressure on it. And the wedding paintings are there. I, I don't have a second thought about them. Like I'm painting what's there, what's happening. Um, so take us back to the first <laughs> wedding you painted. How scary was that? Like I'm going to paint your wedding. It, it was... It was actually my cousin's wedding, so I had a little bit of a. a Is that a more pressure or less pressure? <laughs> you know, it's it was noticeable if I made a mistake. My my but family yeah, would let me know right about bring it. Bring a photographer um, too, because I might not get this right. And I mean, that was about seven years ago, um, and it was it was something new to me, and I didn't understand the process of it. So we, we I bit off a little bit more than I could chew on the first one. And, um, you know, for, for me, I, I'm always trying to get better at everything that I do. So working uh, more and more on it and then uh, figuring out, hey, what could I have done differently? What can I have done differently? Hunter, you're a piano man. The Piano Man is a celebrated figure in American entertainment, and for good reason. Traditionally, the Piano Man sits at a grand piano in a cocktail lounge. People sit around the piano with drinks, they call out popular song titles, and the Piano Man plays and sings them. To pull this gig off, the Piano Man has to be a talented musician. But there's a tragic sense in a lot of the Piano Man tales. This image is captured perfectly in these lyrics from the Billy Joel song, Piano Man. It's a pretty good crowd for a Saturday and the manager gives me a smile because he knows that it's me they've been coming to see to forget about life for a while. And the piano, it sounds like a carnival and the microphone smells like a beer and they sit at the bar and put bread in my jar and say, man, what are you doing here? I've never heard this song. I'm going to have to check this out. <laughs> <laughs> the piano man's dilemma is money and security. It's a well-paid steady gig, but there's an impression that the piano man is trapped by his own success. Making money playing cover songs is thwarting his creativity and denying him a chance to play his own material. Hunter, you're a superbly talented entertainer and a consummate piano man, but you also want to be known as a singer-songwriter. So how do you deal with your art versus commerce dilemma? You see, that is the, that is the dilemma that I, I'm faced with, uh, especially because to keep the lights on, and, and to, in order to do this for a living and do the covers and you know play it on the people's music, you have to kind of sacrifice some of your... I guess almost credibility it seems that other artists kind of you know they they discredit what you do um, but I, I enjoy it it's still playing music it's still having fun uh, and I try to keep them separate but I've also tried to now incorporate my originals into that 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 cover area that party atmosphere you know people want to hear stuff they know they want to hear Sweet Caroline Piano Man Benny and the Jets rinse repeat every night uh, 
I find a way to mash up one of my originals into there, and I, I, I think that that's revitalized what I, I do, and it's kind of it's kind of kept me from hating it, because <laughs> at some point you do kind of you play the same stuff every night, uh, and it. it how do you keep up with all the songs? Do you have to deliberately listen I, to the radio to learn new songs? I'm, I've been called the rain man of music because <laughs> I don't bring any sheet music or anything. I, have, I do everything by memory uh, at this point. Uh, if there's a song I've never played before, I'll look it up on the little tab thing. I'll run through it for like really quickly in my head and then just take the training wheels off with a shot of Jameson. That's how it's... Yeah. <laughs> And just roll away. with it. It's, you know, because they, it's either sink or swim, and I like being under pressure. So, so. you go on a cruise ship to Australia and a lot of Australian audiences. Are you shocked at the songs they're asking for and not the songs you know in America? I had no idea that they... <laughs> it, well, I did know that they're an island, but I didn't know that there was their, their own popular songs that they expect you to know and that just here you would never think about playing them. Um... And also all the Australian artists that never made it out of Australia. There's uh, Peter Allens, the John Farnham, Daryl Braithwaite, Jimmy Barnes. And they're people you now think of as famous, but and, and, and now these songs are just, since I've been back, I've been back for almost a year in the States. And these songs are now just collecting dust because no one, no one knows them here. Uh, and uh, things that are weird over there, like songs like here, one a popular piano ball song would be Don't Stop Believing" by Journey, right? Play that, everyone knows it. Just uh, So my first week over there, I start playing that, and I go, just a small town girl. And no, everyone just looks at it like, well, what about her? We don't know this song. I had never heard it until Glee redid it, and really? then it became a hit in England. Really? Well, I didn't grow up knowing that that's song. That's the same thing about, um, what's his name? Uh, Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams. Ryan, he's huge in, in England. Because Angels would be one of the Angels main is players. huge, huge song, um, especially over there. And I, I got a lot of requests for Angels and Better Man. And I was like, I don't know who this guy is. And they were like, mate, what's wrong with you? Can you play us some cheeky Robbie? So, two questions for you, Hunter. Do you realize how, actually for both of you, I can say this, do you realize how rare your talents are that you can do something commercially and then switch to the the other side it of your music? It still doesn't feel like I'm actually I'm doing anything, though, because somebody said the other night I was playing at Legends for festival, and they were like, oh, you're still here? And, and they hadn't seen me in a while, and they didn't know that I, you know, I've been on cruise ships. You know, I've been I've made somewhat progress. You know, some I call it progress. I think it's progress. Um, having my songs featured, you know, internationally, uh, it, but they some people still they don't keep up with you. You know, they then they're not always following you on social media so they see you in the same bar you were in five years ago and they go oh still here huh and you yeah you're like, I was somewhere <laughs> and, else and just uh, you just go yeah <laughs> have you considered moving to Australia full time I have I have uh, logistically uh, I think it would be difficult for me at this point I need to establish more of a and that's the thing all, all the Australian fan base messages me every day and say when are you coming back and I just I have shoulder shrugs for them that's it um, indefinite right now so yeah uh, and I think to to harp on that is that there's this stardom type kind of misconception, like uh, to where just because we're doing very well and mm-hmm. we, we showcase that, and, and because it looks people, it looks good, yeah. you know, especially there, you know, everything looks better online, and people so. think they're like, oh yeah, they're support, they have their support crew out there, and yeah. it's like instead of you know feeding feeding the fuel to, to get us further it's it's just this kind of like off to the side like support yeah. like some people kind of feel like oh they're all you know we, they don't almost not need us anymore uh, i don't know uh 
it's, it's, it's a tough. weird feeling <laughs> because it's definitely the, the success is not as good as it. Yeah, you know? shouldn't you be living in a, like a loft apartment <laughs> in Brooklyn? By I now? mean, you stereotype me, and yeah, that's <laughs> I just, exactly yeah, I just where I should you be. You in this like studio apartment, you know, you wake up and you are stretched, you know, the birds I, fly away. You know, there's just adding zeros to to the paintings yeah. clearly because that's that's how it goes, you know, and that's all I do all day long. I just get to paint and just that's bathing that in your paint. <laughs> that's bathing it's such in a lot because it's like there's so much business components and there's you know I'll go weeks without even painting because I'm in the studio just grinding out other things or mm-hmm. making my bookings and all that stuff and uh, to, to your point too there's switching between the um, you know it, it's we're doing what we love to do and what we're good at and I think it took me a little while to kind of get over over that mm-hmm. to where it's like look I'm painting like even though it's at a wedding and it's not ideally it seems acceptable for like artists and musicians to have like work in a coffee shop or in a bar or as a waiter while they do their art but then it's kind of slightly frowned upon that you've done something commercial to make money with your art like, like exactly. selling out yeah, that, that, and that's kind of how it feels and somebody told me the other day they said you need to separate your if you want to do the same songwriter thing you need to separate yourself from these covers or you need to stop doing them completely I said well then I'm gonna starve to death I'm gonna have to you know I'm not at the point right now like I, I get a monthly or bi-weekly iTunes check that's about it um, it, it, there's no success from getting your songs played on so the radio. So what happened the first time you like snuck one of your own songs into the middle of this cover set? They actually they they liked it. They by that point I had played everything they wanted to hear all night. You bait them, you just give them what they want, you know, every request, and then at the end of the night you go, would you guys mind hearing one of mine? And at that point they're already drunk. <laughs> they'll they'll listen to anything. Um, you know play the alphabet song and I listen to it but uh, you know, I played him one of mine and uh, I told the story behind it because you know I, in order to get people to connect to your songs you want to tell them the story you want to give them a little piece of you and I, I think that helped a lot um, and especially because they bumped me up from the piano bar to the big stage on the cruise ships and that's where they offered me they said you can do your own songs Tell the, make a you know, make and that's it. unusual on a, on a cruise ship. Exactly, uh, they have they have bands that are hired to be on there. That their booking agents tell them specifically, you are not allowed to play your originals, no originals. Um, but when they bump me up to the big stage and I'm doing the theater shows, they said make it theatric, you know, uh, make it a presentation, tell a story about it, you know, uh, make it big, drama, 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 and. and it's not really what I did. I went out there with a glass of Jameson, sat down at a grand piano in front it's of a... It's a theme here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sat down in front of a Jameson. Yeah. This this show is sponsored by Jameson now. He sings <laughs> to Jameson. You know, that's, um, that's... Sat down at the grand piano and just and started telling stories. And it was just like... People said it felt like sitting on the side of me, except I just had a piano. And said it was just me telling stories. And, that, and that's what I like. I like the intimate side of that. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with musician Hunter DeBlanc and artist Dirk Guidry. We'll be right back after this quick break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with musician Hunter DeBlanc and artist Dirk Guidry. I've just realized that both of you chose commercial occupations where you're surrounded by people drinking. Was that a deliberate choice? <laughs> 
I think that. Does that help? I, I don't. I wouldn't say it's so much deliberate. It, it just. Uh, it just worked out great. It's I just, where I found them at. So I follow the trail. <laughs> follow the trail. That's and so, it. how did when you decided to become a, a wedding painter? I, I, in my head, I like think of wedding singer and wedding painter. <laughs> did you have to talk yourself into like, yes, I can do this and not ruin who I am as a abstract painter? It took some convincing for me from my wife, and. Uh, just because it was, I, I thought it wasn't me. Like these wedding paintings, like I don't want to be remembered or something. You know, way down the road. Like, I don't want to be, be wedding painter. I don't want to be labeled or that's that's what my title is. You know, I'm a creator. I'm an artist. Um, and that. And, and now people th- recently, what, you what, flew to California to paint a yes, wedding. Yes, I was in Cal- I was in Carmel, and then I just got back from Gulf Shores. So doing a lot more traveling. It's uh, it's becoming. You know, over the the seven years, it's really picked up. I put a lot of work into the uh, the product and the outcome, and you know I, I'm always trying to get better with it. And uh, I think my process and again my execution is a lot of work, and uh, and, and it, I think it shows. And it I mean, does. Yeah. we've worked we've worked events together. Now that I think about it, I've performed at something that was it a wedding, or was it Clash of the Cocktails or something like that? Man, yes, you are right. It was something it was to that Destin nature. Artigo's wedding. Did you yeah. paint that? Yeah. At Shaded, I performed yeah. at it, and it, it, the whole time he's just he's. Deep in his, his it's, art, you it's know? eight hours of work, but it feels like ten minutes. And again, I'm capturing, I'm encapsulating a wedding, a good time with good people, and it's fun. It, I didn't realize how entertaining it is. You know, I'm in the studio just painting. Oh, and but people, people, are, they, it's, it's a spectacle. They're blown away. I mean, people camp out with, like, they just watch the whole time. And I mean, it, you know, I take it for granted still because I, I paint every day. I just think it's it's insane because the entire time, everyone in the wedding, it's uh, there's so much going on. It's moving all the time. So how do you get that image? That do you just picture an overall? image of what you like one one specific uh, what am yeah I do you sneakily on? take pictures on your phone <laughs> yeah what do you do some artists do i do not i um you know it being a painting i have the luxury of exaggerating things and i could i could bend walls you know and if you notice that's that's why i kind of give that fish eye look because i i need to get it all in one piece you know so you, you have get that early and do the venue first yeah. and then paint the people on you top know. And I love, I love the pressure. I love the uh, the challenge to go into a new venue that I've never seen before, and I'm on the clock. I literally have, you know, three, four hours to paint the background, to, to sketch it out, paint the background. That way, when the reception starts, I paint nothing but people and interact with the people and capture their personality too. Because, it, and it never feels it's loose, but it, it's detailed just enough that. You know, the bride and the groom, they get to kind of play Where's Waldo and say, oh, my God, that's my aunt. That's my crazy cousin. There's Hunter on the keyboard, <laughs> which you are. Yes, you're playing the piano yeah, in, right? in Destiny. Yes. You need to see this one. <laughs> it's kind of the same challenge to, to me. That's one of the reasons I like to do the cover still, because it, you get to play new songs every night. You, you know, you ask somebody, what do you want to hear? And you never know what they're going to say. Some people go for the, you know, straight down the middle songs that you hear all the time. But then every once in a while somebody asks for something you yourself haven't heard in 10 years. And then you get to learn from the people who wrote them and how they did it. It's just, uh, it's always, it's always challenging to learn new songs. And he makes it look so effortless though. I mean, he just, you know, he'll he'll flow one song into the next one. I mean, I used to love (laughs) whenever, when we first met, back in the the really grinded out days where I was was a server at a restaurant, he was playing gigs at the restaurant and it was just like, yes, Hunter's playing tonight. I'm going to get good tips because he's going to bring the party. (laughs) Nice. Well, let's see how creative you both are. Uh Uh-oh. You're listening to Out to Lunch, Emilia Vernier. I'm talking with artist Dirk Guidry and musician Hunter DeBlanc. Hunter and Dirk, this is the part of the show that we call the interview. 
whether you've been on a job interview lately or you've been on the other side of the desk and never had to hire someone, there's been this interesting trend in job interview questions. It consists on asking applicants questions that text their creativity and their ability to think through a problem. So I have a list of 20 of these questions in front of me and I'm going to ask you each to pick a number between 1 and 20 and we'll randomly ask you a question and let's just see what happens. Hunter, pick a number between 1 and 20. 16. 16. If you were on an island and you could only bring three things, what would you bring? Oh, a piano. A piano, of course. There we go. Because I, I can entertain myself for a while with that. Um, so as long as you've got a piano, that's it. You're good. He really is the piano. That's right? all he needs is a piano. Yeah. Oh, you that's what it boils down to. That's absolutely fine. Dirk, pick a question between 1 <laughs> and 20. I'm You're still... stuck with just a piano. That's it. I'm going to go with 11. Let's 11 be down. 11. Oh, I like this one. If Hollywood made a movie about your life, who would you like to see play the lead role and what would the movie be called? I'm going to go ahead with this just because everybody or a number of people say I look like him. So Ryan Gosling, a.k.a. I, I me. I can see that. Is playing me, and uh, and it's it's a movie about the struggle of being an artist, and then finally hitting the apex of you know whatever that artist feels what, success so, would become. So what is success for you? What is that apex? Oh man, I'm trying to think of that That's title. A tough question. The title would well, be. Well, you know, I'm coming just to you after, in your heart. Yeah. You know, Hunter, we're asking you this afterwards. So, what, how do you define success for you? It's success is very individual. I think uh, I've listened to a number of podcasts and talked with a number of people of like, what do you find success? And, uh, you know, for me, I think I'm already successful. You're getting to do what you love. Yes. And I mean, and, you know, I, I make people, I give people a window, it, like it, through art, to where it's, it's a window on a wall, you place it on a wall, it's something physical. But whenever you look into that painting, it should bring you back. Or it should bring you to a certain time or a moment that you can escape from whatever life is or whatever life has. And, you know, to me, that's beautiful. And that's what I want. I want to, I want to you know, move people through my art and, and or be known for that. Then you the are already successful. So. Hunter, you know I'm coming to you with the same question. You're, you're, you've got off the desert island with your piano. Um, what <laughs> you made is, it. I made it. What does success look like? To me, it would be able to continue doing what I love to do making music playing music for a living and have a sustainable lifestyle um, which right now it, it, to be honest it, it hasn't been that sustainable it's been there's been weeks where you know there's no gigs or the bills just pile up is it hard because on social media you both have to look busy and successful yeah. because and people like people that are busy and successful yeah, and, and they don't like the, they don't like the sad stuff so you know, back in what was it October September I had that I had a failed, not a failed, but I had a, a radio single promo for Sydney, the song called Sydney that I had released. Um, some radio companies picked it up and then they were like, we're going we're gonna to make this a hit, give us your money. And I said, okay, but they had some legitimate you know, pull. So I, I went with it. It got played on about 64 mom and pop um, like community radio stations. It, it got featured by Alternative Press. And some other stuff. So at my point, I was like, "This is the most successful thing I've done." How am I? Did gonna... you think like this is it? This I is thought what that I've was it. I really it. did. I was like, "This, that was it." And then it, the next song, no one cared. Release it. There was, it still hasn't broken uh, a thousand plays. Like it's just, it, it's just a struggle, because it, it's 
people's attention span these days in social media, it's very you gotta you gotta keep it coming. And so, in the end, are you gonna have to choose whether to leave here and play the music you want, or stay here and learn Zydeco? <laughs> I, I think that I, I'm gonna have to um, stretch stretch my my legs and, and and travel a little bit more. I think I think out to probably either L.A. or out to Australia. I think those are the, the places that I'm off to next. I'm pulling a sad face here. Huh. Yeah, and I mean the markets though. It's it's the markets there. You know, we, well I used to before I got hired by the cruise ships. I didn't know if what I did was just being accepted by locals because they knew who I was, or if what I was doing was actually universally, you know, something that could could move people, you know, on a scale around the world. And going to the cruise ships and meeting people out of your culture and being able to see that response from them, I, I think absolutely, I can go other places and do it. I'm still going to see you at Hangout Fest on the stage oh, this no, time. So Dirk and I, that was one of the experiences that led me to starting pushing for the singer-songwriter. We went to Hangout Fest together in 2014. One of the best lineups that they've ever had. And some of the, the acts that I saw have made me strive to be a better entertainer today. And already you're, you're doing what you love for a living, and that's success in a lot of people's books. And I think as creatives, your, your job is just to put out the creative and something big may happen or not. And that's the thing, you, I don't want stardom or you know a huge amount of financial compensation, even though that would be fantastic, both of those things, but it's just to be able to, to do it at a level where you feel comfortable comfortable because right know now that you can keep the lights on in two yeah. months time rather than this month because right now have to it's, worry. A, it's a struggle i still have my mom telling me you know you get a job and give it up and you know and, and it's just at this point i think i've invested too much and it's just in that's what i want to do i think it's my it's my destiny to either crash and burn or you know and i like that to where you know hunters definitely jumped into it like there's a, there's so many people that get caught up uh, with kind of that in-between where they can't quite fully commit. And it's different whenever you fully commit to it because it's on the line. Like, yeah. everything's on the line. You know, you and jump you don't in. know how many other people you've inspired by doing that. And it's tough. It's There's <laughs> so it many is. times where you're just like, am I doing this? Do I need to go do something else? We I've started been out this conversation by talking about the battle of art versus commerce. If you're an artist, that's not a theoretical concept. It's a daily reality. Dirk and Hunter, you've both found incredibly inventive and original ways to make art and make a living. And to stay here in Acadiana, and we're lucky to have you. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thanks for having us. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been artist Dirk Guidry and musician Hunter DeBlanc. You can find out more about Dirk's art and Hunter's music by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morell. Our researchers are Anne Christian and Ali Coates. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from the show on our website, itsacadiana.com, and on our It's Acadiana Facebook page. These photos were taken by Lucia A. Fontenot. You can find out more about Lucius at lafphoto.com. You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify. And you can find out about all of our podcasts at itsacadiana.com. You can also keep up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you'll find those links on our website, itsacadiana.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Aileen Bennett. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette. 
Cafe Vermilionville is open Monday to Friday for lunch and six nights a week for dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The Atalanta Acadiana theme music, Encore Monsieur, Nice Guy, is written by Mitchell Foreman and performed by Mitchell Foreman and Andre Michaud. Atalanta Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana and Dustin Ortego from The Opportunity Machine. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from the Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Cali's Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, and a free shuttle within three miles that includes the airport and downtown restaurants. 